The grey linen sheet rose and fell with each respiration. The son-in-law, after a long silence, said, "'There's nothing more to do. I can't help him. It's a nuisance just the same, because the weather is good, and we've got a lot of work to do.' His wife seemed annoyed at this idea. She reflected a few moments and then said, "'He won't be buried till Saturday, and that will give you all day tomorrow.' The peasant thought the matter over and answered, "'Yes, but tomorrow I'll have to invite the people to the funeral. That means five or six hours to go round to Tourvier and Manitou and to see everybody.' The woman, after meditating two or three minutes, declared, "'It isn't three o'clock yet. You could begin this evening and go all round the country to Tourvier. You can just as well say that he's dead.' Seem as he's as good as that now. The man stood perplexed for a while, weighing the pros and cons of the idea. At last he declared, Well, I'll go. He was leaving the room, but came back after a minute's hesitation. As you haven't got anything to do, you might shake down some apples to bake and make four dozen dumplings for those who come to the funeral, for one must have something to cheer them, you can light the fire with the wood that's under the shed. It's dry. He left the room, went back into the kitchen, opened the cupboard, took out a six-pound loaf of bread, cut off a slice, and carefully gathered the crumbs in the palm of his hand and threw them into his mouth, so as not to lose anything. Then, with the end of his knife, he scraped out a little salt butter from the bottom of an earthen jar, spread it on his bread, and began to eat slowly, as he did everything. He recrossed the farmyard, quieted the dog which had started barking again, went out on the road bordering on his ditch, and disappeared in the direction of Tovie. As soon as she was alone, the woman began to work. She uncovered the meal bin and made the dough for the dumplings. She kneaded it a long time turning it over and over again, punching, pressing, crushing it. Finally she made a big round yellow-white ball, which she placed on the corner of the table. Then she went to get her apples, and in order not to injure the tree with a pole, she climbed up into it by a ladder. She chose the fruit with care, only taking the ripe ones and gathering them in her apron. A voice called from the road. Hey, Madame Chicot! She turned round. It was a neighbor, Osim Favet, the mayor on his way to fertilize his fields, seated on the manure wagon with his feet hanging over the side. She turned round and answered. What can I do for you, Maître Osim? And how is the father? She cried. He is as good as dead. The funeral is Saturday at seven, because there's lots of work to be done. The neighbor answered, So, good luck to you. Take care of yourself. To his kind remark, she answered, Thanks, the same to you. And she continued picking apples. When she went back to the house, she went over to look at her father, expecting to find him dead. But as soon as she reached the door, she heard his monotonous, noisy rattle, 
and thinking it a waste of time to go over to him, she began to prepare her dumplings. She wrapped up the fruit one by one in a thin layer of paste, and then she lined them up on the edge of the table. When she had made forty-eight dumplings, arranged in dozens, one in front of the other, she began to think of preparing supper, and she hung her kettle over the fire to cook potatoes, for she judged it useless to heat the oven that day, as she had all the next day in which to finish the preparations. Her husband returned at about five. As soon as he had crossed the threshold, he asked, "'Is it over?' she answered. "'Not yet. He's still gurgling.' They went to look at him. The old man was in exactly the same condition. His hoarse rattle, as regular as the ticking of a clock, was neither quicker nor slower. It returned every